The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Stephen Sprague, the CEO of Rivets. Rivets is providing safer and simpler experiences for the blockchain. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Hi, great. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm fantastic. If I was if I was any better, I'd be you. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, really really happy to be talking to you. Um, for those of us that uh, in our audience that may not be as familiar with um, your program, tell us a little bit about um, what it does and and what specific problem it solves. Sure. So Rivets is trying to solve one of the hard problems in the space, which is how do we provide a different, simpler capability to protect your private keys and provide the operational tools for, um, for crypto and blockchain. So um, inside the chipset of your device, your phone, your tablet, your PC, um, in the actual hardware of the chips has been for over a decade now um, hardware security capabilities called a trusted execution environment. And we build software that exposes those um, security capabilities that are part of the processor. And so we provide the tools to give you almost a treasure grade uh, a wallet inside uh, half a billion smartphones. And then we also are building the technologies to support uh, recording on the chain that those advanced cybersecurity controls were also in place. So this provides a, uh, a really interesting mechanism for cybersecurity controls for crypto and blockchains. Okay, understood. So, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of wallets out there. Uh, and what you're saying is you're building the tools and underlying technology that, that make those wallets more secure. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're not here to supply a single wallet. Um, we're here to provide tools that the wallet developers can incorporate into their applications to provide a, a better model for the user. Um, we, will build a, we will build a reference wallet that uses our um, technology, but its primary purpose is um, to be an example and, and source code that can be utilized by others uh, to implement advanced security into their products. You know, something you said earlier about private keys. Um, this is mm -hmm. this is a big this is a big deal, and it's uh, you know I had we had someone on uh, the other day uh, who was talking about simplifying this process down to uh, what we were calling grandma simple, and unfortunately with you know private keys being you know this, these big strings of numbers or you know word combos, it's it's just not that simple right now. Um, could you talk to us about, um, you know, 
your your technology doesn't necessarily focus on simplicity so much as it focuses on security. But talk to us about how how we can eventually, as we keep marching and innovating um, towards the next level, how do we continue to simplify this process so that you know my grandmother, for instance, could you know own crypto and navigate a wallet without getting confused? Sure. So world class security is about improving the quality of the user interface. On my background and many of my team members' backgrounds um, come from the better part of almost 20 years spent in the trusted computing space. So we were part of the team that helped bring hardware security embedded into both the PC and um, mobile architectures. And, And now that technology is already embedded within the hardware you have in your phone. The challenge is how do we include that in such a way that Um, that it can be easily used, especially within the crypto ecosystem. And so what we provide is a place where we can both protect and operate with the private key independent of the operating system. And those capabilities already exist within the chipset on your handset. So once you use hardware, it can become a much simpler experience and get grandma simple. An example of that would be when you dial your phone and you push the send button, There's actually very advanced cryptography that goes on to secure the relationship between the handset and the carrier that's done through the technology of a SIM chip on your phone. And so as a result, you have a very simple experience, but also the carriers have really great security uh, for their relationship with the subscriber. I just got uh, the CEO of Rivets to start using my catchphrase. I think it's going to go viral. Grandma simple. Thanks, man. (laughs) Grandma simple is good. Yeah, yeah. You can steal it. Patent pending. But uh, so uh, talk to us, uh, how, how long has Rivets been in development? So um, I started the company in 2013 with my brother. We actually, I prior to that had been uh, CEO of a company called Wave Systems, where uh, we had been one of the leading enterprise providers in trusted computing for over 20 years. And, um, and so I left that company when it became clear that mobile first was really the strategy everybody was working on. And we set up Rivets to go after building tools to support the hardware security on mobile, and very quickly after starting it, uh, ran into the blockchain. Um, And it became very obvious that we could combine the tools of trusted computing to operate and secure the relationship to the chain. And so we began building technology back in 2014. Um, It was an interesting startup. We had some interesting challenges along the way. What were some of the challenges that you ran into? um, I'm not so sure they were necessarily surprising. They They were well understood challenges. Um, when we walked into the trusted, you know, with trusted computing into blockchain in the early days, hardware security by its nature is not open source um, because it's built into the silicon. So, you know, you don't get open source Intel chips and you don't get open source ARM chips. And so that, I think, was a challenge for the industry. Plus, it was very early on and really understood how important the private key protections were going to be. And so um, we we began to assemble product. Uh, 2015, we had uh, we had we had. We had an investor that was supposed to put a bunch of money in that then didn't show up, um, which was certainly uh, entertaining in a startup. Um, and in late 2016 through 2017, uh, we were able to um, ship and deliver over a million dollars worth of product to actually primarily the U.S. government as a customer. And that really laid the foundation for uh, the technology we're bringing to market today. So we have a robust set of tools. We've shown some very interesting transactions on the blockchain. Probably one of the most important is demonstrating how embedded within the chain 
we can include proof of the cybersecurity controls that performed a specific transaction. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I had you, you know, kind of go over some of the, the challenges and, you know, gosh, I, I bet that hurt uh, when the uh, when the investor didn't show up and said it would. How, how long did that set you back? Well, <clears throat> we had an investor who called us every week for 12 weeks and told us the money was coming on Friday and it never appeared. Um, and actually it was quite, you know, at the end, it uh, turned out to be interesting. We uh, last spring were, were on the on the heels of, you know, putting some interesting revenue numbers up to ground. Uh, we're building a venture-backed round, and uh, I went to consensus in New York, and it became very clear that uh, we had to go down the ICO path. And so uh, Rivets undertook an ICO last summer, and we were successful in uh, in selling a little over $18 million worth of product um, in early September. And that's really given the foundation to expand the team and, and, and bring the capabilities to market that uh, we're beginning to offer now. What would you say uh, is your your biggest win? I mean, you've 2013 in blockchain time is an eternity, uh, you know. So you've been around a while. You've seen a lot of things. What's the biggest win? Oh, so by far the biggest win was um, uh, was executing a successful um, ICO. We it became very clear to us that we needed to cover the sort of cybersecurity square in the space, and we're focused on delivering on that. Um, and so, and so we're putting together a team of really world-class capability um, in both trusted computing and blockchain to show how we can, we, we can insert a key with hardware into your device and whether it's used for two-factor authentication or a direct Bitcoin wallet or even just strong authentication and messaging, um, those core tools and capabilities are there. And so we'll build an ecosystem around the token that is how we pay for cybersecurity controls with the device. And, and, and this idea that the device should have money, should have an allowance uh, that has really good security so that we can have automatic spending of that um, stored value on the device is a really important piece of the puzzle. So that's, that, that whole process over the course of the last nine months has really been a tremendous win for the company. And, and I hope for the whole industry. I think that we can, we can show the marketplace um, and really demonstrate that if you add great security, not only does it simplify the user's experience, but it increases the value of both the subscriber and the data that's written to the chain. Amen to that. Uh, I've referenced uh, this story a couple of times before, but I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, I, my accountant uh, wanted to get involved in crypto, and uh, she knew that uh, you know I'm, I'm involved in the industry, and I said, okay, well, probably the fastest and easiest way for you to, you know, become a crypto investor is, you know, just get a Coinbase account and buy like $10 of Ethereum or something. You know what? I'll just walk you through it here on the phone. And so I'm walking her through it and, you know, I know exactly how to do it. I've done it many times before. And even still, and she's, you know, she's a smart lady and she's computer savvy uh, and uh, she understands money and she understands stocks. Even still, it took us an entire hour for her to be able to buy $10 of Ethereum. An hour. That's right. Um, and a lot of it had to do with, um, oh, well, now I've got to upload my driver's license. And, oh, wait, it has me check my email. And now I've got to do this other stuff with the bank account. And, I mean, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about, right? Now, the the average person, after about 10 minutes of this, is just going to get frustrated and give up. Like, we had, we were... We were dedicated. I was motivated and dedicated to get this lady $10 of Ethereum. 
and it took an hour and, and it, both of our times are very valuable, you know, so how much, how much money did that $10 cost us really? You know, could, could you just speak about, I mean, that's the state of the, that Coinbase is one of the easiest ways to get cryptocurrency. Could, could you just kind of talk about, you know, how, how do we push that along? Sure. But there's a reason why. And the reason why is because we haven't in the last 25 years implemented cybersecurity for e-commerce correctly. And what we need in order to implement cybersecurity for e-commerce correctly is strong identity. We need proper protection of the keys. We need some form of secure display. So what you see is what you sign. Uh, and we need a proper collection of the user's um, intent. Um, and, and so the technologies of trusted computing have been developed to solve that e-commerce problem. They're actually part of some of the European Union standards and other payment industry standards to enhance the quality of cybersecurity for payments. And, and when we look at it, a, an instruction to the blockchain basically has or requires all those same components. And while we're familiar with it, when we go to Walmart, you stick your card in a little box and a display comes up and you get a PIN number you can type in or a signature you can sign, that mechanism is now those technical pieces have been put inside a phone, inside a tablet, inside a PC. And so we're starting to use those to dramatically simplify that retail experience. I also think the other part that's really important is today we think too much of crypto, even utility tokens, as though they were some kind of investment strategy, et cetera. Um, it's a little bit like um, I want to buy five gallons of gas, so I head down with my you know, red can to the Chicago Board of Exchange. We, we need a retail component to this where you're going to be able to buy utility tokens for their specific utility use and put them to work. And you'll see Rivet's focus on a portion of that. We have the benefit of having really strong e-commerce security so that we can simplify that process and assure the returning customer is who they say they are and reduce the potential for fraud. But we need to automate this process of managing the keys, the backup, the recovery, the fact that a user shouldn't have just a single device. It should be their collection of devices that represent their account. Um, and, and those parts are going to be really important to moving this, uh, to go back to our term of grandma simple going forward. It should be easy to go type a credit card in on a downloaded app on your phone and and have, in essence, a wallet with a small amount of a utility token um, or a service that's part of it. It's one of the great challenges we have. And it's important to remember that in the utility business, it's all about buyers who are participating in this new economic model for software and services and, and how that economic model can work worldwide and provide a new experience um, in how we're going to consume services on the internet. How far off do you think that is before we reach uh, before we reach this period? The you know we're typing in a credit card uh, number into an app and buying a utility token that easily. How much time is that going to take? Oh, I think we'll see first instances of it fairly soon. But I think it will take fairly soon. Being we'll certainly try and deliver it within a year. Um, but I think on the other side, it will take a while before the marketplace gets comfortable with an understanding of what does it mean to have microtransactions support service? What does market-based pricing of a VPN look like? We're, we're exposing a completely new way for consumers to conduct business. And you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating set of debates inside the organizations as to like, 
well, what is market pricing? And it's like, oh, no, no, we have to fix this to a dollar per service and it can never change. It's like, no, that's not what the whole point is. The whole point is, you know, it should fluctuate over time. We just don't want it fluctuating by, you know, 50% up and down every day because that will also annoy the customer. So it's a it's an interesting challenge. I, I think that um, you can look to guidance from industries like, you know, heating oil supplies where people buy, you know, 50,000 gallons of oil and then retail it to you in a truck. Um, for what the concept of a market-based utility feels like and looks like, except we're going to do this for software and services worldwide, truly globally. So to start, probably faster than we think. To get to 100 million users using it, probably longer than we hope. Okay, understood. Um, and so, uh, you know, you, you have your finger on the pulse of specifically security and how that affects the user experience. Could you just dream with me for a moment and let's let's fast forward you know sometime in the future a couple of years five years mm -hmm. it's hard to predict what's going to happen with technology in five years but but just for the moment just for the sake of argument what do you see as the the next step the next level of uh you know security specifically in this industry or in any industry where are we in five years? i think our our, our vision is really clear. We are going to transition away from network security to a device-based architecture of security, a device, specifically device identity. We're going to move from a world where you plug your printer into this hub and your laptop into this hub, and therefore they can talk to each other, but if they change networks, they can't, to a world where all of our devices have identity. They're friends with each other. So think of it as your Facebook of devices, this collection of devices are my network of things, controlled by a blockchain that the owner is in control of. So the owner is really the carrier quality identity at the, at the center of this, and that give those devices an allowance so they can participate in the services they need to acquire.